Hi, I'm Carlin Johnson, a student pharmacist from Seattle, Washington. Hi, I'm Emily Hugh, a student pharmacist from South Haven, Mississippi. Hi, I'm Mackenzie Lewis, a student pharmacist from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You're listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. In this episode, we talk to Laura Cranston, the Chief Executive Officer of the Pharmacy Quality Alliance, or PQA. Hi, everybody. I'm Neil Patel, a third-year pharmacy student. And I'm Stuart Haynes. And Neil and I are from the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about quality in pharmacy practice, defining it, measuring it, reporting it, and taking action to improve it. Our guest today is Laura Cranston, the Chief Executive Officer of the Pharmacy Quality Alliance, or PQA, which is based in Alexandria, Virginia. PQA has played a critical part in the quality movement in the United States for the past decade. So thank you, Laura, for joining us today for the Pharmacy Forward podcast. It's my pleasure. So, Laura, I think most pharmacists are aware that quality metrics are playing an increasingly important role in healthcare delivery today, uh, and that measuring organizational performance is an important part of accreditation, and it's tied to payment. There are all sorts of ways that quality can be measured and reported. For acute care practitioners, the Joint Commission is probably the best-known organization that sets quality standards. The National Committee for Quality Assurance, or NCQA, is another very influential organization that has developed a broad set of quality indicators for health maintenance organizations and health plans. Many pharmacists who work in managed care settings are familiar with HEDIS, or the Healthcare Effectiveness Data and Information Set, which is produced by NCQA. The Pharmacy Quality Alliance, or PQA, is a relative newcomer to the quality landscape. Tell us a little bit about PQA and how its work complements the efforts of other quality organizations. So the Pharmacy Quality Alliance, or PQA, is actually a measured developer. We are a multi-stakeholder organization, which means that our members, all 225 of them, have an opportunity to shape the measures that we develop. And we focus on measures of safe and appropriate use of medications. So we are not a standard setting organization. We are a measure developer and our measures are actually used by the payer community. So the federal government, such as Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services or CMS, uses our metrics state-based organizations use our metrics, and even accrediting organizations like the two that you mentioned, JACO and NCQA, they are adopting and referencing our measures as well. So PQA has been at this now uh, going on 13 years, and it's new, relatively speaking, to pharmacists. I think over the past four to six years, pharmacists are beginning to understand the measures that are impacting medication use. One of the things we all had to learn during pharmacy school was the Institute of Medicine's 2001 report, Crossing the Quality Chasm. The framework they used in that report included six aims for healthcare systems, 
specifically stating quality healthcare should be safe, effective, patient-centered, timely, efficient, and equitable. Can you give us some examples of the quality metrics that PQA has developed? So the report that you referenced, the IOM report, is indeed foundational for all healthcare professionals. But that report served as a jumping off point for the National Quality Strategy, which was first published in March of 2011. The National Quality Strategy identified six priorities. And this strategy was informed by over 300 healthcare groups, organizations, and individuals across the profession. So the six priorities very quickly are make care safer by reducing harm, ensuring each person and family is engaged as a partner in their healthcare. We call that shared decision-making. Promoting effective communication and coordination of care, promoting the most effective prevention and treatment practices, working with communities to promote wide use of best practices to enable healthy living, and finally, making quality care more affordable for individuals, families, employers, and government. So we, PQA, map our measures to that quality strategy. For example, one of the national quality strategy priorities is to make care safer by reducing the harm caused in the delivery of care. Fast forward to PQA and how we mapped to that particular priority, we have focused a great deal of our efforts over the past two years to develop actionable measures to address the opioid epidemic. Currently, one of the measures that is being implemented on a state level as well as a national level is looking at the concurrent use of opioids with benzodiazepines, which is really high risk, very unsafe. So by developing these measures and then states adopting these measures and geocoding this metric down to county levels, we can really identify where inappropriate prescribing is taking place. That's the first time I've heard of the National Quality Strategy. Um, so do you have a sense of how well we're currently doing on some of these measures? Great question, Neil. Um, we are doing well on the National Quality Strategy, and uh, I'll give you an example. One of the areas that is identified in the National Quality Strategy is to promote effective communication and coordination of care. I think, as you can probably tell, pharmacists are playing an increasing role in medication reconciliation. That is their contribution to addressing the coordination of care issue. Just one example. Um, so, Laura, creating quality metrics is certainly important work, but some of our listeners might be a little skeptical. So does all this effort to measure and report quality really make a difference? And can you give some examples of where it has made a difference? You know, I have a saying that I like to repeat. If you can't measure it, you can't monitor it. And if you cannot monitor it, you cannot manage it. And if you cannot manage it, you cannot improve it. And I think today, when we look at measures and the impact that these have had in the marketplace, I'd like to just speak for a moment about adherence measures. So PQA has focused a great deal of its initial efforts on developing adherence measures for certain chronic medications, oral diabetes, statin therapy, uh, renin-angiotensin system antagonists. 
And these are some of the categories where we have adherence measures. Well, in the Medicare program, since 2012, we can look at improvements, significant improvements in Medicare Advantage plans and standalone prescription drug plans in how these plans and the patients that they serve within them have had their adherence improved to these chronic medication categories. Sometimes when improvements are so significant, measures actually can be retired because there is so little room for additional improvement. That's really true success, but it all comes down to being able to measure it, monitor it, and then pharmacists intervening with patients to improve these measures. So I'm still a student and I kind of feel like quality and the quality metrics are really something only the director of pharmacy or anyone higher up the chain of command needs to pay much attention to. I'm sure there are other pharmacists that feel the same way. How do these quality metrics impact what most pharmacists do and how can I as a pharmacy student make a difference when it comes to quality? That's a great question, Neil. And I believe if we look at pharmacy students, for example, we need to, first of all, embrace quality and recognize that we are in an environment where measures and performance measurement is not going to go away. Every healthcare sector from the frontline pharmacist in a community pharmacy to a health system pharmacist to a home healthcare nurse, everyone is not going to escape being measured. So we need to embrace quality. We need to understand the measures that we can impact. And that can, that can be aided, for example, by performance tracking tools. In today's environment, there's over 60,000 pharmacies, community pharmacies, that have access in their pharmacy to a performance tracking tool to see how well they are doing against a set of measures. I think that as a pharmacy student today, there are many opportunities for you to become better informed about this quality landscape, even through your participation in PQA. Many pharmacy schools are members of PQA. We have an appy rotation for students. We have summer internships. We have a scholars program that uh, up to 20 schools of pharmacy can participate each year in our scholars program. We have a research poster for students and a research session at our meetings so that some students who are working with a faculty member on a quality improvement project often can showcase that work at a PQA meeting. But as you evolve and then you get into practice, the opportunity is probably even greater. Because we are a multi-stakeholder organization and we work with health plans and PBMs, community pharmacies, accrediting organizations, Virtually any place that a pharmacist might find themselves in active practice after graduation is likely a member of PQA. And you can be a part of a measure development team that actually informs and shapes the next generation of outcomes-based measures that PQA is focusing on. Well, I want to thank Laura Cranston for being on our show today. I think she's provided a number of things that are really important for us to pay attention to. First of all, the National Quality Strategy, which is updated annually and is available on the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality's website. And, and this is really guiding quality as we measure it and report it and try to improve it in the United States today. 
So if you haven't been to the AHRQ website recently and looked at the National Quality Strategy, I encourage you to do that. Also, PQA is a consensus development organization, and we all can play a role in helping develop the quality standards. So pharmacy students can do rotations at PQA, and of course, uh, healthcare organizations can be participants as partners in the work of the PQA in developing these metrics. Well, we hope today's podcast makes you better informed about what the quality landscape is like in the United States today. So thank you, Laura, for being with us on the Pharmacy Forward podcast and explaining what the role of PQA is in quality. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. If you like this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell all of your pharmacy friends and colleagues. Be sure to rate us and send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a story you'd like to share about someone who's transforming knowledge into action, send us an email. Pharmacy Forward is produced by the Division of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. For more information about our professional development programs, visit PharmacyCPD.org. That's PharmacyCPD.org. That's PharmacyCPD.org. This episode was conceived and developed by Neil Patel, Megan Wagner, Laurie Fleming, Josh Fleming, Megan Brown, and Stuart Haynes.